Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Ben Post, and I'm on staff with Campus Ministry. This gathering is called The Well. Who here is at The Well and the Cooked Away for the first time ever? Raise your hand. Uh, a special warm welcome to you. We are so excited that you are here with us tonight. As we begin tonight, I thought it would be helpful just to take a minute to uh, explain why we call this gathering the well. Okay? So water is essential for life. And during the time of the Bible, new cities or villages would only be established if there was a water source nearby. And in the arid landscape of the ancient Middle East, wells were essential for survival. Everyone needed water from the well uh, that was found in the center of the city. And so everybody gathered there. People rested at the well after a long journey. They took their sheep or their goats to the well to water them. Um, people would hang out at the well and have conversation and friendship and these kinds of things. And it was also common for a man to find his spouse at the well. This was true for Isaac and Jacob and Moses. But most importantly, when people gathered at the well in the biblical story, they had an encounter with God. And so, friends, welcome to the well. We hope that this can be a place for you to build friendships, to have good conversation, and most importantly, we hope this can be a place where you can have an encounter with the living God. Amen? And as for the spouse thing, you'll have to come back. It's happened before, it will happen again, I'll say that, okay? Uh, seriously though, we want you to get to know the people around you, okay? We want you to introduce yourselves to each other, these kinds of things. Talk with each other when you come in, talk with each other when you sit down, Come early, stay late, go hang out afterwards, go study together afterwards, whatever. Maybe we can, there's a lot of people here. Maybe we can make it a goal to like meet at least one new person every week. That seems manageable. I think we can probably do that, okay. To help each other get to know at least somebody tonight, here's your first assignment. Turn to your neighbor and introduce yourselves again if you already forgot their name, okay. And I want you to name a time in your life when you got caught doing something wrong. We're going to get to know each other tonight, okay? So introduce yourselves and name a time when you got caught doing something wrong. Okay, I'm going to cut you guys off. Okay, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Okay, now here's an observation. Here's an observation. I encourage you to maybe share with a stranger something that you, you got caught doing something wrong. And did you hear the volume in the room when we all started to share our stories? This tells me something about the company that I am in. We all have stuff. We all have these stories. We've all made poor life choices, right? And for that, I am grateful. That means I know that I am not alone, right? So we have this idea that Christians are these people who have all of their stuff together. And if that's what you think, welcome to the club, we don't, right? Uh, when I was in kindergarten, 
Uh, I remember it was early before school, and I was playing in the backyard. Apparently, when you're in kindergarten, you get up really early, and you have plenty of time to play before you have to go to school. So I'm playing in the backyard, and I'm playing with a matchbox car. But this is not just an ordinary matchbox car. This was the Batmobile. And the cool thing about the Batmobile is it could fly if you threw it really good. <laughs> and so I'm playing with my Batmobile in the backyard, and it flew. It was just flying through the air, and it hit the window of the garage. And in the moment that the glass shattered, I hear my mom call from inside. And she tells me, it's time to go to the bus stop. And I thought, this timing is impeccable. <laughs> right? So I grab the Batmobile and I stuff it in my backpack and I run across the street to the bus stop. Unscathed. So later that night, uh, our family was driving into the garage in our 1986 GMC Safari minivan. And I'm sitting behind my dad. And as we're pulling into the garage, I am staring at the window that I broke that morning. And my dad says to me, by the way, this stays here. Uh, my dad says to me, Benji? They called me Benji as a kid. It's Ben now. Just make sure that that's clear. <laughs> Benji, you know anything about this window? What? What window? <laughs> right? So, of course, you know, deny it for a time or two, as kids usually do, and eventually, you know, you're, okay, you're right. I broke the window. And, and there's a conversation that I then had with my dad about being responsible and not lying and the... Like, I didn't get a whooping or anything like that, but it was just this thing. Like, I did something wrong, and my immediate reaction was shame, hide, run, cover. Why do we do that? We all do that. I mean, this is a silly story of throwing a matchbox car at a window, but we all do that. When we do something wrong, our first reaction is run, hide and take cover and hope that nobody finds out what really happened. This year at the well, we are going to look and study at the story of the Bible. And we're going to look at the story of the Bible that is compi com comprised of several stories. And we're going to study Genesis to Revelation. We're going to look at the story of the whole Bible. And and when you look at all these different stories that take place in the Bible, sometimes it's hard to know what fits where and how these pieces all fit together. So we're hoping that these puzzle pieces of this story and this story and this story will be helpful as we tell the grand story together throughout the year. Now, some people think the Bible is kind of this old book that's not relevant to us in 2019. And I get why people say that. But I think that the Bible is an amazing story about an amazing God and his incredible love for humanity. And it's also a story about you and about me. I am 39 years old. I was born April 11, 1980. Butterworth Hospital, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Right? Uh, last Sunday, 
my brother and his wife had their third baby. Her name is Elise May, born September 1st, 2019. My two boys, Jaden and Eli, went to go visit Elise last week. So this is my brother, Corey. People think we look alike. And that's my son, Eli, and that's his cousin, Elise, uh, and my son, Jaden and Elise. And this is very funny. Uh, so Eli, E-L-I, and then Elise, E-L-I-S-E. So Eli calls her, like, my girl's name. Like, I want to go, go visit Elise, my girl's name. It's this funny thing. Anyway, side note, uh, Elise was born last week Sunday. But here's what, I, here's what I'm convinced of. I was born April 11, 1980, but that is not when my story began. And in September 1st, 2019 is not when Elisa's story began. I believe that your story and my story actually began a long, long time ago. And the story of the Bible is, in fact, our story. So here's a timeline that was created by our friend Sabrina for our series this year. Give it up for Sabrina. With some images of some of the stories that we are going to kind of study together this year. Genesis to Revelation. Uh, if you have a Bible with you, turn with me to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. And if you do not have a Bible, go ahead and raise your hand. we got some people in the back. They're going to make their way through and help you get a Bible if you would like one. So raise your hand nice and high. Uh, Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. We'll give you guys a minute to find that. If your Bible has paper, Genesis chapter 2 will be to the left, in case that helps you. First book of the Bible. If your Bible does not have paper, we support technology, and you can figure out how to use that. I'm convinced. Uh, Genesis chapter 2. Uh, we also have a tradition here at the well, is after the person who reads Scripture uh, is done reading Scripture, we will say, this is the word of the Lord, and we invite you to say in response, thanks be to God. Uh, it's a custom we have, a tradition we have. You're welcome to participate in that if you would like. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and it was good. But now we're going to pick up the story in chapter 2, verse 8. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Jump down to verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of, the, of every tree of the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. From the day that you eat it, you will surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now jump to verse 21. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. This is the word of the Lord. Be to God. Okay, so in the beginning, 
God created the universe, and it was perfect, and it was amazing. And then he makes man in his own image, Adam. Sometimes I wonder, what was life like for Adam in that brief moment of time before Eve? Now think about this with me for a minute. God created the universe. It's amazing. It's perfect. And it's only God and Adam in the entire universe. No brokenness. No sin. No politics. No other humans to deal with. Eden, in fact, means delight or even paradise. So imagine it's you on an a paradise island, like Hawaii. It's just you. And it's perfect. There's no sin. There's no brokenness. You can go hiking when you want. You can go biking when you want. You can go for a run if you want. You can go hammocking if you want. You can go surfing if you want. You don't have to worry about sharks because there's no brokenness in the world. You can do what you want when you There's food everywhere. It's perfect. And sometimes when I think about what that life would have been like with Adam, I'm like, that would be amazing. Quiet. Perfect. Nothing's broken. And even in this moment of perfection, God and Adam, God says this in verse 18. It is not good that the man should be alone. I love that because I hear people say, I, I have faith. I'm a spiritual person. I believe in God. I just don't need people. I don't need the church. But I want to say in response, no, we, we do need each other. We do need community because it is not good for man to be alone. I know that the church is broken. I know that there's things that are, that we, we have issues with things in the church. We have broken issues with things in campus ministry too. I mean, we are just broken people, right? But it is not good for man to be alone. Now, some of you are here tonight and you are feeling this acutely. And you hear me say that phrase and you're thinking, Amen. I feel alone. And it sucks. I'm new here to Grand Valley and I haven't met a lot of people. I don't know who my people are. I don't know who my friends are. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All these things. We don't know. And we feel alone. And we feel terrified. But I want to say this to you. God knows that it's not good for you to be alone. And we want to do whatever we can to help you find community. Whether it's through here at the well or getting plugged into a life group or some other way that we can help you get connected. We believe that it is important to do life together. It is a journey together. So don't just have it be me and God because it wasn't good enough for Adam. It won't be good enough for you. Let's set that aside. Then God planted... In this incredible world, the Garden of Eden, with two trees in the Garden of Eden. One is the tree of life, and the other is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is a little bit of a mouthful. But in two, chapter 2, verse 16, God says, do not eat from this one tree. All the trees, in the, there's other trees in the garden, but there's two in, in particular the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Chapter 3, verse 1. Let's keep reading the story. 
Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Can I, can I be real with you guys for a minute? Thank you. I kind of hate this story. I mean, maybe I'm not supposed to say that, but I, but I do. I kind of hate this story. I mean, it's a pretty well-known story. If you grew up going to church and you've heard this story, you, you kind of know how it ends, right? They, they do what they're not supposed to do, and here we are. But when I stop and think about the reality of this story. I kind of want to punch Adam and Eve in the mouth. <laughs> I mean, are you, are you kidding me? Think about their world. They live in paradise. They don't have a care in the world. They don't have any other responsibilities. They don't have any to-do list. They don't have any bills. They don't have tuition. They don't have stress. They don't have, they don't have any of these other things. They don't have other people to deal with. They don't have to deal with politics. They don't have to deal with social media and online internet distractions and all these, all these things that we deal with all the time. They don't have to deal with any of that. They had one job. Right? They had one job. And it reminds me of those memes, right? You had one job. God gives Adam and Eve an incredible gift. Here you go. Here's a perfect world for you. Just one, just one job. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And there's no reason to eat from that tree because they've got these other trees with other fruit and it's all amazing, right? Why would they do that? Why did they eat the watermelon? Or whatever fruit it was. Probably not an apple, by the way. But they ate the fruit. And we are suffering the consequences every single day ever since. Because their sin has been passed on generation after generation after generation. Infecting every single person everywhere. Man was created in God's image to reflect him be in right, right relationship with God, and then sin enters the world through Adam and Eve, and now sin enters the world in our hearts. And as we look around the world, we know this is true. When we look inside ourselves, we know this is true. When you look at your neighbor, you know this is true. It's broken. 
We make mistakes. When you look at the news, you know this is broken. It's a mess. It's chaos. So what's the moral of the story? What do we learn from this? I think it's this. I think we should just avoid talking snakes. Friends, this is not just Adam and Eve's story. This is my story. And this is your story. And there are times in our lives when we come face to face with a talking snake, if you will. Tempting us. Try this. Do this. Take from that tree. It'll make it better. We feel this tension. Right? In our, in our culture, it kind of depicts this tension like this. Right? In our movies and stuff like that. We got these two things. Like, do this. No, don't do that. Do this. Anybody here ever felt that tension before in their lives? In Eden, there was two trees. One tree leads to life. The other tree leads to death. Talking snakes are just everywhere, apparently. They are everywhere on campus. Anybody seen a talking snake this past weekend? I know it's a little weird when I'm using that phrase, but you know what I'm saying, right? Temptation come your way anytime recently? These talking snakes, man, telling you, just go to the party. Don't stay home in your room all by yourself. Then you'll look stupid. Just look at porn. It's okay. Nobody will know. Nobody's around. You can do these things to hide things on your computer or whatever. You can cut corners in class. You can figure out how to cheat on this assignment and nobody else will know and you'll get a better grade and therefore a better GPA and then maybe a better job and you'll have one step up on the other people. Or maybe you can do this and you can do that and your parents will never find out because you don't live at home anymore. There's all this freedom that we have to do these things. Like Adam and Eve, you and I are going to face these kinds of temptations and we are going to screw up. We are going to pick fruit from the wrong tree. And I hate that. Do you guys want some good news, though? I mean, it's kind of, yes, please, right? <laughs> yes, please. I've got some good news for you guys. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. And they, Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Verse 9, God says, Where are you? Now, I don't think God was like not really knowing where they were, right? He knew where they were. But I also think the, the tone of voice in that is so essential. I don't think God was like yelling or scolding or 
angry. I think it was a, a voice of, of compassion. Just, hey, where, where are you? I know what happened. You don't have to hide. Can we, can we talk about this? And God comes down and he pursues a restorative relationship with Adam and Eve. And then in verse 21, the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and he clothed them. And I think God clothed them to help cover their shame. In kindergarten, I got caught breaking a window. And as I got older, I got a little bit smarter, or so I thought. And I got better at hiding stuff. I got really good at hiding who I was from my parents. Partying on a weekend and then going to church on Sunday and doing all these other things. I had this double life. And I was really good at covering up my tracks. But even though my parents didn't know, I'm convinced that there was a God who did. And he continued to come down to me and say, where are you? In the most loving, gentle, compassionate way. Like, where are you? Stop hiding these things that you're trying to cover up. I have a plan for you and I love you and it's not over yet. Where are you? God relentlessly loves and pursues his people. But some of us are trying to cover up ourselves with our own fig leaves. And he wants to clothe us with garments if we let him. So my son Eli is three years old. And uh, he does stuff that three-year-olds do right now. And especially these last couple weeks, he's just a little extra crazy. Full of energy and full of kind of defiance at the same time. He's like this happy-go-lucky kid, and then all of a sudden he's like, you know, uh, like throwing toys at like people or the floor or the wall or, you know, saying potty words and thinking it's, thinking it's funny and like, no, it's not funny actually when you do that. Hitting or kicking or spitting. He does these kinds of things right now, right? And when he does one of these things, I look at him and I say, Eli. And I take a step towards him. And what is the first thing he does? He runs and he hides. And his daddy knows where his three hiding spots are in the house. <laughs> and I go get him and we have a little conversation. There is not a person in the world who loves this kid more than I do. This is true for you as well. When you screw up, when you make mistakes, when you try to go hide behind the chair in the corner and not want to be found out, this is the picture that God has. He loves you and he cares deeply about you. So no matter who you are, no matter how you come tonight, no matter what you've done 10 years ago or what you did this past weekend, God loves you, 
And he is relentless in his pursuit of you. And he calls down to you and he says, where are you? Stop hiding. It's okay. I love you anyway. And he invites you to come and to grab fruit from the tree of life. This is the journey, my friends, that we get to do together. Because it is not good for man to be alone. And friends, this, this is our story. Please pray with me. God, thank you for the gift that it is to be here in this space tonight. Thank you for the gift of worship music, the gift of your word, the gift of other sweaty bodies in this room. The gift that it is that you know it's not good to be alone and that you see us and you know us and you care deeply about us and you care deeply about our story and you care deeply about our struggles and you know the things that we are facing and the, the ways we've struggled and the, the talking snakes that we encounter. God, you see them and you know them and you still love us anyway. So forgive us for hiding. Thank you that you are a God who loves us anyway. God, I pray that you will give, give each one of us courage this week to stand up and to fight against the temptations that we are going to encounter. I am confident that there is a talking snake that is angry that we are doing what we are doing here tonight. So God, I pray that you will help us know how to do this journey together, that we will care for each other, that we will share stories with each other, that we will help each other keep pressing on and keep reaching for you and the tree of life. For people here tonight that might need to feel uh, forgiven, may you speak that truth to their hearts tonight. You are a kind and gracious and loving God. For that, we are so grateful. Thank you for the stories of the Bible. Thank you for the heroes and the, the people that we love to, to read about and the way that we want to aspire to be like them. And I also thank you for people like Adam and Eve who just really messed up because they give me hope. Because I know that I mess up too. You are good. And you love us fiercely. Thank you, thank you, thank you for this love and for this grace that you offer to us freely. Forgive us for the ways we try to earn your love. And may we just receive it as a gift from you tonight. We pray all these things in the strong and powerful name of Jesus. Amen.